What's up, guys? Here with you in FC Wonder Kid, episode 77. Here with my guy, Fredson. How are you? Oh, man. What a Sunday or a weekend of football that we had in front of us. Come on. We had El Clasico. We had Manchester City, Liverpool. We have a lot, a lot, a lot to talk about. So I am incredibly excited to get into this uh, Mm -hmm. because a lot happened over the weekend. (laughs) And finally... It's not the same teams winning all the time. Uh, we've got a little bit of variation, but first, before we get into it, I got to ask you, Alex, how you doing? I'm doing all right, man. And yes, <laughs> I was quite surprised with some of these results. Liverpool <laughs> getting that win. But yes, we, the El Clasico, the biggest game that happened. We got to start there. And I'm going to say this right from the start. I'm going to go bold and say, Rodrigo Goes is the best mm-hmm. super sub in the world of football right now, man. This man only needed five minutes to score in El Clasico. And Tite, no doubts you need that sauce in the Brazil national team, okay? Rodrigo Goes, 1% chance, man, to beat City in the past. And now in El Clasico, they needed someone. And Rodrigo Goes came up, man. And I got to say, this is the Real Madrid that showed results on the rebuild is being successful. Valverde, okay, was mm-hmm. bought in the yeah. past for $5 million. And right now, Kroos is tweeting that he's a top three player in the world right now. Amazing buy and one of the most underrated players in the world for the level he's showing. Uruguayan yeah. midfielder that is bold. Mm-hmm. One of the boldest around, yeah. I got to say. It. Yeah, well, still what, 20, 24, 25 yes, years old? 24, that, so young, um, so young. Yeah, like, oh. and it was it, it was injuries, right, early mm-hmm. on that kind of kept him from being as consistent, and he just grew into the game, much like Rodrigo uh, last season, grew into the role, accepted the role that he had taken, but Fede Valverde was, uh, that, that was a peach of a goal mm-hmm. that he scored. And I will say something right now, because I know for some reason there's a, there's a divisiveness between you and I, when it comes to Real Madrid and Barcelona, <laughs> that third, that Rodrigo goal, mm-hmm. uh, that, that that was a that was a soft penalty. That was definitely a soft penalty in but my it was mind. A pen. Yes, it, it, it might have been a pen, but like that's one of those ones where if it wasn't called, I, yeah. I, I don't know. And, and there was I, yeah. a decision before that Lewandowski got hit, but, yes. but yeah. and there was no pen there. Look, a lot of people are going to focus on the ref. I do believe that's yeah. a detail, an important mm. detail. But come on, Barca, Xavi, man, needs to do more, man. I love Xavi Ball, okay? But yeah. they need the results, the disappointment against Inter. And now against Real Madrid, it's just so bad to see, man. And it ruins the vibe of the team. They need yeah. more signings in, in, the next, in January and in the summer, okay, Barca? Laporta will what? go bold in January once again. Like, it's, yeah, it's but, inevitable. But, but did they or did they not need that Champions League group stage money? Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, that it Champions helped. League knockout round money um, to be, to be able to go and get, get the targets that they want. And let's be honest. They're, they're experiencing the worst week of their season Fats. so far. Okay. Uh, they're experiencing an injury, a little bit of an injury crisis. It was nice to see Jules Conde back in and, and going um, for no it. Speaking. But, like... But, like, also, Frankie DeYoung, like, that, that was his, what, fifth start of the season? Mm-hmm. Fifth start of the season, and, like, you throw him right into El Clasico. Yes, is he good enough to it's play? Start. Sure, but, like, 
but he's got to start. Exactly. Why has this not happened previously? And I am going to say it. You've got a bunch of old guys like Busquets and, and PK who, mm. who clearly made mistakes, PK mm. or so, uh, midweek. And you've got a bunch of young guys that are trying to get used to this fixture congestion, right? Mm-hmm. That's only going to get worse as the season goes on. So um, am I sitting here making um, excuses. You know, excuses for Barcelona? <laughs> Absolutely not. But it definitely does play into it because it's not about whether or not Gabi or Pedri or, or De Jong or any of these guys are world-class. They are world-class. Mm-hmm. It's more so whether or not they are consistently incisive, Whoa. right? Like just consistently... Uh, getting it done in 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 a game like El Clasico, you make one mistake and you're down. Whatever you get, Benzema right slotting it home after that. Who, who created that? Vinny Junior. I don't know. It was a wonderful game of football. True. I honestly don't think, and I think you defer. You mm. definitely don't agree with me here, but I I I don't think it was as lopsided as a three-one um, result suggests. How do you feel about that? Well, I'm gonna say this, man. Benzema. In this game, okay, Benzema has now more goals scored in El Clasico than Luis Suarez. 12 goals in El Clasico, and that shows the levels of Benzus. And he's going to get the Ballon d'Or, no doubt, deservedly so, after that Champions League run last season. But I got to say, man, Drake too. Just want to give a mention to that, man. Drake <laughs> Lost $833,000, okay, with his bet that had an Arsenal win and a Barca win, man. That was sad to see him losing that much money, man, okay? And Real went bold to do that. I I said Valverde, mentioned Valverde, and he was the man of the match. Man of the match of that game. Shout out to Lunin, too. No Cajuano party? No, that wasn't the case. Lunin matched that defense. Great job by him. And Militão, what a game yeah. from Eder Militão. What a game, yeah. man, in El Clasico. Got to say that. And I'm going to add a name in that defense because uh, Ferlon Mendy mm. has still, has still, I believe, in six Clasicos that he's played and has not lost Ooh. yet. Five wins, one draw when Ferlon Mendy uh, starts in the Clasico or plays, even just plays in El Clasico. So Ferlon Mendy is, is, has been very trusty for them. And, and, um, and he, he's, he's a, he's a heck of a player that like kind of gets lost in the situation because he's not, mm-hmm. I don't know. He's not Teo Hernandez, like bombing <laughs> down the sideline, starting attacking um, moves I on his own, Teo. but he, he is trusty <laughs> and, and Militao, you're right. Militao is great, but, but I don't think we can get past how good, Again, once again, how good that Real Madrid um, and midfield is. Barca had only conceded one goal in La Liga before one. going against Real Madrid. And Real Madrid <laughs> managed to stop the unbeaten run of away game wins of Xavi, man. What an accompli- ac- accomplishment for Real Madrid this weekend, yeah. man. I gotta say, and true are many. True are many, man. What a game from him and Modric and Kroos, okay? The midfield of Real Madrid showed that they are 100% world-class and still one of the best in the world. The true many replacement from Casemiro is the right one. Elite rebuild from the Galacticos, man. Kroos, what a game. Showed his football IQ. Showed it, man. I should. Yeah. I have to say, I have to uh, give credit where credit's due. Like, it's yeah. it's scary to see Real Madrid keeps on improving 
with time, trusting the youth, Vini, Rodrigo, uh, Chouameni, all of these ballers. And Barca, Ay, pa, not the best game from Pedri, and it's a tough time. But Alejandro Balde started. That's that's something positive, I gotta say. That's, in my that's opinion. something positive. I don't know. I, I feel like Xavi might have um, started off this uh, excitement for El Clasico a little bit oddly with the um, with the soundbite that was translated here. Okay, as Xavi saying it? that that he gets horny for El Clasico, or that he gets like sexually aroused. For I, El Clasico, and that—that's and, and to be honest, that's true, right? I mean, come on, you know, if you if you're a fan of football, you want El Clasico in all of its glory. Uh, but for like the boss to say that in prep of it at the Bernabeu, <laughs> I don't know. It just it just threw some odd like karma undertones where it just felt like he wasn't going to get his way today. And and when it comes down to it, Xavi's probably—I haven't seen his post match. Um, comments, uh, but he's probably gonna he's probably gonna blame the refing, uh, the referees. He didn't. He said uh, it's still October and we have to make some changes. Okay. And he's so, absolutely right. That's he's facts. absolutely right. So, <laughs> that's facts. Yeah. That's that, that's but the reaction I, I think he should have. Honestly, he, that is the reaction he should have. But when it comes down to it, I got to ask you one question because mm. this is circulating in the states. I don't know if it's circulating where you are. Mm. Um, there are a lot of people out there. Um, you know, blue check marks, if you will, hmm. uh, that are saying that Xavi is actually on the hot seat. No. Now, Laporta's La already come out and said, whatever happens in El Clasico, loss. Yeah. Whatever happens in El Clasico, nothing's going to happen to him. But then again, no. there have been things that Laporta has said that he is kind of, you know, it's just mi- like lip service, right? The players are with so Xavi. The players are with still is, with Xavi, I think. They definitely are. Okay. Um, I, and I agree with you. I don't think there should be any reason... I mean, I think the the thought process that that Barcelona was going to immediately go top of the Champions League group, top of the table with no problem, go freaking unbeaten all season, naive of any one of us to think. And if Xavi actually thought that, it was naive of him to think that too. And because no this injuries. is world football. And no injuries. And no injuries. If, if, that, if, if that was the case, it would have been much easier. But that wasn't, yeah. okay? That's, that's the first thing too. But I agree. Yep. Too, there was too too good to be true. What everyone everyone was saying, I agree. And with the Barca talk with Real, I just want to say too, mm-hmm. man, the Ballon d'Or is gonna be won by Benzema, a Real Madrid player, and the women's Ballon d'Or is gonna be won by Alexia, a Barca player. So the El Clasico yeah. is in the Ballon d'Ors too. It's just a fun uh, fact. It's, 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 and, <laughs> and how about the shade that Lewandowski threw? At Karim Benzema, mm-hmm. um, and more more so at uh, I forget who the hell if gives they don't cancel the Ballon d'Or. It's true, but more exactly what was if the they quote? don't cancel it. What what's the, the, quote? the quote? The quote was, "Yeah, I believe Karim Benzema will win it if they don't cancel the Ballon d'Or." I love right? Lewandowski that, for that. I, that's fact. He should have won it. it. Should have won. I, it. I agree. I, I agree. But hey, hey, he got striker of the year. Come on, oh, and it's it's the only it's the only time they ever gave that award. It's the only time they ever gave that award. He should be he should be happy. He's got his own Wikipedia entry. The only time they ever gave striker of the year, he gets it. <laughs> oh, Just man. kidding. I mean, oh, yes, he was robbed. We can all say it. He was robbed. 
Uh, Robert Lewandowski should be should have Ballon d'Or winner next to his name. I agree. <laughs> Love it. And people, anything we missed from the El Clasico, please put Ooh. down below in the comments. And we appreciate it. A like in this video because we want to see this podcast going up the charts community. But now, leading up to a different scenario, and it was the second big game that it was Liverpool yeah. against Man City. And in Anfield, it remains unbeaten with Virgil van Dijk, okay? And Haaland yeah. showed levels, but Virgil van Dijk showed above Haaland, man. That, yeah. was a, that was a time, that was an interception of Virgil van Dijk that that was insane. And I gotta say this yes. too, man. Mo Salah has eight goals scored and five assists against Pep Guardiola's Man City. The player with the most goals scored against Guardiola's City, man. Next to Jamie Vardy. Salah went bold, man. What a player. Like, what a, what a game. What yeah, a game. I, we're, we're, we're two weeks away from Halloween here in mm. the States, and, and we just found Pep's boogeyman, and it is Mo Salah. <laughs> Um, no, I, I, you had to see some of this coming, right? Um, and I bet I bet Pep watched Liverpool play Rangers midweek and saw a, a 45 minutes that was disjointed. That first 45 minutes, and credit to Rangers for holding them. But that second that second half that they played was the momentum builder, right? That seven one destruction at Ibrox. I mean, that doesn't happen lightly, generally. Mm -hmm. uh, that was one of the worst defeats in Rangers history, if not the worst defeat in Rangers history. <laughs> and I think that that's the momentum, that's the wake-up call that they needed mm -hmm. uh, to, to come into Anfield and say, no, 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 not here. But you're 100% correct. That Van Dyke interception that you're talking about, uh, the cross that, that like three weeks ago, at, <laughs> closer to the beginning of the season, yes. that would have been on Holland's head and in the back of the net because Van, D Van Dyke would have stretched his neck, he would have just missed it, and Holland would have pounded it home. And look, right? it's but, true, it's true. And like, yeah, that's, it's and it's, this is a bold fact too, man, with Allison too. What a pass from Allison. And it's Allison's yeah. third assist to Mo Salah in his career. One of the best goalkeepers around. And Allison once again shows that he has to start for Brazil, okay, in my opinion. Yep. Yep. Allison is unbelievable and saved Liverpool yeah. many times in that game, man. Allison levels. Levels. Yeah, and I, I'll, I'll be honest. Um, there were a, a couple times I thought Allison was going to get beat. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it just didn't, City just couldn't put it together. Uh, they were threatening. I still think they're probably going to win the Premier League. Uh -huh. uh, but, but when it comes. When it comes down to it, uh, Allison had the game that they needed. Mm -hmm. um, Mo Salah had the game that they needed. Fabinho had the game that they needed. Um, there was a lot of good, good, good things to think about. But mm -hmm. they didn't play a dominant game. They played a counter game, right? Mm -hmm. And the counter worked. I mean, it all came down essentially to uh, that Jao Cancelo posted up on Mo Salah. <laughs> uh, Allison puts it pin perfect. Uh, bounces it right into Salah's foot, and Salah turns Cancelo like perfectly. And it's—I don't even think it's Cancelo's fault, right? I just think Salah was just so expert. Cancelo may have slipped a little bit, and boom, he puts it by Ederson, and game on. But oh, hey, listen—the first goal or the first time in ten games mm -hmm. that Erling Holland has not been on the scoreboard one, <laughs> and that was the first away game that Manchester City has lost since. The beginning of last season. <laughs> Since the beginning of last season. Oh, man. 
Unbelievable. Like for club two, man. Now's the time. Yeah. Now the spirit is going up. And with that Champions League game, I want to say too, Mo Salah went bold and had the fastest UCL hat trick ever. Okay, with six minutes and 12 seconds, man. That is yeah. a bold stop, man. What like yeah. a and the, what uh, like City away right? That was a huge record, man, from City. Like I it, it, it was, and and to be honest, like Mo Salah, I always forget this. Like when you see him, those shots, those goals uh, versus Rangers, I honestly forgot that he literally has like no windup whatsoever. <laughs> is like he is somehow able able to get power and precision off the ball by literally all he needs is like this much space, and he gets that shot off. And scores most of the time. It's it's amazing. But if you're gonna shout out Salah's six minutes, mm-hmm. uh, six minute hat trick, we'll talk about it later when uh, we talk about um, who Braga getting new ownership. Oh. Uh, but Vitinha <laughs> was the only one midweek in uh, in yeah. European play to score a perfect mm. hat trick. Not a six minute, <laughs> a perfect hat trick. He had he had one with his head. He had one with his left foot, and he had one with his right foot. So congratulations to 22-year-old Vitinha. If you don't know the name, which I don't know the name well, Alex, you're going to educate me later. Um, but <laughs> Vitinha was pretty awesome for Braga. But, but anyway, back to Liverpool-Manchester City because and, that mm-hmm. – yeah, sorry. And I, just that, to, I just want to say, sorry. like, the Liverpool-Man City game, man. Klopp yeah. versus Guardiola. It's the mm-hmm. best and the biggest rivalry since the Mourinho. Ferguson and Wenger days. No doubt in my mind, man. We will be talking about this club Guardiola rivalry for years and years to go to come. And tr- yeah. a shout out to Guardiola that he will get that trouble. I still believe that Man City will win the trouble this season. Just want to say that. Okay. okay. All right. Well, you know, I I don't know if they'll get I really don't know. I'm not even gonna make <laughs> but any the, you the, already made the take. I'm not gonna make the take, but what I am gonna say is you are absolutely right about Pep Klopp, the rivalry there. And everyone here, everybody listening better enjoy it because it's probably not gonna last too much longer. Hey, let, ooh, All right. But let me ask you new, this man. New adventure. A start yes. bench cell with what everything that's happening with this. Like could you decide with a start bench cell with Benzema Lewandowski and Holland right now? Like with these three oh. right now playing right now, like because yeah. I was expe- I was expecting a Holland goal today, to be honest. Yeah. And Benzema showed yeah. up. Is there a start? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I, here's the thing: is if if we're taking Benzema's form mm-hmm. at, at the beginning of the season versus obviously Benzema in his finest during the Champions League last yes. season, right? He's still kind of getting going, whereas mm-hmm. I definitely think this season Lewandowski and Holland have uh, much more, you know, in- incisiveness, much more precision, much more, uh, you know, uh, what's the word? Danger, right? There's just more danger to their names right now. Mm-hmm. But I think as the season moves on, Benzema is going to move up there. So if you're going to ask me right now off of current form, even after El Clasico, mm-hmm. I'm going to say start Holland, bench Lewandowski, sell Benzema. Mm. I'm usually the Lewandowski guy, but I think I'm going to bench man Benzema. That game, man, like that El Clasico yeah. game, it, it, got it was me a, a great bit, game. Got me a bit disappointed, even with the two goals of Lewandowski against Inter. I, mm. but I still think like Benzema and Vinicius, that link yeah. up is the best link up in world of football right now, next to Holland 
and De Bruyne. Those two link-ups, man. It's like it's <laughs> football. It's the world-class levels, man. Right now. But, but, I, but, but I'll tell you right now. I mean, Dembele and Lewandowski should be that link-up as well. I, I honestly believe they that Lewandowski has, has been carrying Barcelona a whole lot more, obviously, than Kareem Benzema has been carrying Real Madrid this season. So what it comes down to is if, if Lewandowski has to create stuff out of thin air, Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not always going to work out um, as Barcelona wants it to. True. They need Dembele to be incisive. They need uh, Rafinha to be incisive. Man, and yes. both of them were for the first couple matches of the season, and they have since definitely fallen off some. Fallen off Where's some. Dembele no. man, in the big games right yeah. now? Against Sintet yeah. and against Real Madrid. Fuck right there, man. And yes, yeah. we're now moving up to a better vibe, okay? The Arsenal... Pu- no... Guardiola's pupil with Arteta, I gotta say, leading up now to Arsenal. Arsenal are four points clear in the Premier League right now. And it's 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 fucked that Arsenal are title contenders playing the way they are, man. Okay? Ooh. Players like Gabriel Zouche, Saliba, all of them are upping the level. And that win against Leeds, it's a hard yeah. win, but getting a clean mm-hmm. sheet with that too shows that they are the real deal right now, Arsenal. And yeah. Arsenal, for the first time ever in the club's history, they have nine wins in their first ten Premier League games, man. Arteta went bold, and now, now's the time. In January, get reinforcements and reinforce that title uh, title uh, contention, man. I believe that yeah. they can be there. They can be there, top well- three. Listen, I'm. I, I agree, definitely top three. Um, I still think winning this thing is going to be extra tough. Uh, but mm. you are right. That was a tough win against Leeds. Uh, Leeds, to be honest, I thought outplayed them at mm. you know for for a decent part of the game. But here's what it comes down to: it doesn't matter. <laughs> score line, score line, is score line, and these are the games that Arsenal would have been losing last season. True. Right. True. So winning that game shows you exactly the medal um, that they need, and it was Bakayo Saka um, once again. Um, and, and, you know, a quick little shout out because Brendan Aronson was one of the better players on the field for a good 60 minutes of that game. And I think he created four chances, but Leeds right now, they need (laughs) to figure something out because it doesn't matter, Brendan, if you create four chances, Mm. uh, you need, if you're going to play cam, you got to figure out how to actually put the ball in the back of the net. And we have not seen it yet since the beginning and Leeds need to figure out who that goal scorer scorer is. Rodrigo is dribbled up, you know, whatever. But that's not the story here. The story is Arsenal. Mm -hmm. And the story has been Arsenal previously. Ramsdale. And it's a Ramsdale, but I have a I have a cautionary statistic for you. Mm. Okay. And this was previous to today's win. So I don't know how this statistic, uh, this weekend's win, I should say. I don't know how this statistic changes Mm. with this. But previous to, to, to the weekend's game and the weekend's win versus Leeds, the last team. To start a Premier League season with eight wins out of the first nine games <laughs> and to not win the title was Arsenal uh. in 2007-2008. <laughs> you ready for this? The last team to do the exact same thing before that was Arsenal. Arsenal, oh. 2004 to 2005. And I wouldn't look back and say that this smattering that Arsenal has put together is the finished product that is as good or better than that 2007 8 2007-2018. So, so with mm. that said, they're also young as all get out. 
They are young and they are growing into their game and where they were 12 months ago to where they are now, it is just light, light years ahead, huge improvement. So could they grow in, could they grow in to being as good as that 0708 team and that 0405 team that also uh, started out the season as hot. And also back then you had different teams, but now it's Manchester city, right? Uh, So I just wanted to bring that up. It's a little bit of a cautionary <laughs> statistic, uh, but Arsenal's trending in the right direction and not dropping points. And there you I'm, go. I'll, I'll push some stats too. So with individuality, with Saka, okay, Saka scored the goal Ooh. against Leed, Leeds, and in his last seven games, he's got four goals and four oh. assists for Arsenal. Okay, he must get that extension. Okay, and he's earning 30k. A week and Phil Foden yeah. just got his extension and I got here 225k a week Foden's earning so again <laughs> Saka deserves the pay up and he will get it in my opinion and another player oh, yeah? I want to give a shout out that will just like Saka get an extension too it's Gabriel Martinelli the, one of the best buys ever for six million pounds, okay? Martinelli was a huge bargain and all those trials of Man United, man. Oh, my days. But sticking with Martinelli, right now, one of the best wingers, young wingers in the world of football, and he's got five, ga- five goals and three assists this season. This is the season, and without injuries, we will see him in the World Cup, possibly. Okay, let's yeah. wait and see. In terms of form, he should be there. But I want to give a shout-out to, to Ramsdale and to Ben White, okay? Two English players that are being key for Arsenal's, uh, Arsenal's team with Arteta and players like Zinchenko, Saliba, Gabriel Zuz, Shaka, all have all eyes on Arteta and won't listen to anything else but the manager. And those voices sure. are needed to listen to the manager non-stop. So big, big responsibility and big shout-out to how Arsenal's playing right now. 24 yeah. goals scored and four uh-huh. clean sheets, man. Saliba 22 and Ramsdale are the reasons why this is happening. Arteta yeah. went bold, man. Pence Guardiola disciple. disciple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and that that remember, I said it in our live on Friday. It's mm. it's all a plan by Pep Guardiola to make <laughs> the Premier League more interesting for himself. Mikel Arteta, uh Gabriel Jesus, Sinchenko. Four points um, clear, man. Four points clear. Matt, Matt, he said he, Joe Joe Shields went to Southampton to go to Chelsea. I mean, you're talking about like he's just <laughs> he's just fortifying other teams. Uh, to build themselves in the shadow of Manchester City. Now, I'm, I'm, all of this is tongue-in-cheek, but uh, you did mention some individual statistic on mm-hmm. Bukayo Saka. Uh, I got to follow up with one of my own because at the age of 21, um, this kid has already scored against each of Liverpool, Manchester City, Spurs, Manchester United, and Chelsea. Good I mean, come machina, on. Machina. What He's a, already done it. I want to play him on Saka. He has to start for England, man. Must. Yeah. Like, yeah. Be everyone. Bukayo Saka starts ahead of Jaden Sancho. 100%, man. Sancho's having trouble to get selected by Southgate. And Saka this season is showing levels in this Arsenal yeah. rebuild, man. Again, get that extension. Honestly, if Saka doesn't extend with Arsenal, he can go to Real Madrid. He, can, he literally can go to Real Madrid. If they're not getting Mbappe, Rodrigo staying Vinicius, get Saka! There's your English player, man. 
That'd be bold. That'd be bold. That would be. I don't that would know. Be that would be. That would. That would be costly. Is it Cincy always getting these Arsenal players? Will we see Cincy again? I'm going to say it right now. There is no way in hell Bukayo Saka ever thinks about going to Manchester City. What? No way? I could see Odegaard. If they if they don't get titles, Odegaard and Saka yeah. contemplating going to City. If Arsenal but doesn't how, win titles. But how long do we actually think Pep Guardiola is going to be at the helm of City? Well, great question. I think two years. <laughs> two years, maybe. Okay. If he gets this treble of Premier League, I... Staying at the top is very hard. You'll need a rest, man. But Foden, too. Just, I mentioned it fast, man. Phil yes. Foden, uh, he extended, okay, until 2027. 225,000 a week in pounds. And he's got four Premier League titles already at Man City. And 12, 12 trophies won at the age of 22. Phil Foden wow. goes bold, and understandably so. Haaland went to yeah. join this, join this ride, man. Join this yeah. ride. <laughs> so I just well, say it that. was it was a hell of a game of football, Facts. and uh, Facts. as we watched it at Anfield, I look forward to watching it at the at the ad. <laughs> uh, and I, it's the same as El Clasico. We get mm-hmm. to watch the uh, reboot uh, but- at Camp Now. So, um, hey, all I gotta say is this is this is a win for some sort of competitive parity uh, in the Premier League because we all looked at it and we said, okay, Manchester City has scored, ready for this, mm-hmm. 33 goals this season in 10 games, Ooh. and they've only let up 10. Well, Arsenal has scored 24, only let up 10. Mm. Tottenham has scored 22, only let up 10. <laughs> Chelsea has scored 15 and only let up 10. What? That's your top four for you right now. Uh, apparently, everyone's got a relatively solid defense, and it's goals. those that have better offense, the two better offenses, uh, are the ones that are in the in the throes of it. But get, guess what? Tottenham, I Antonio yes. is on the same points as Manchester City. Go figure. 2-0, man. 2-0 went to Everton, and Conte Ball, once again, should rhyme with consistency ball <laughs> because that's what's been happening with Tottenham with Conte and, he, and it's good news that Conte wants to get the extension at Tottenham because his contract finishes at the end of the season and it's slowly but steady the foundations are being laid by Conte man and this is a stat I gotta say too this has been the best start ever in the Premier League in Tottenham's history 23 oh. points in 10, 10 games in the Premier League, Conte is doing magic. And again, I'm saying the foundations are being laid, okay? And the fact that you got a Richarlison there, okay? I know he, he's gonna, he might m- miss the World Cup, okay? That's a big sad news in my opinion. From Conte to Richarlison now, two huge players we're not going to see in the World Cup, maybe. And there's another one to your Chelsea. But <laughs> just want to say to Richarlison and Son, will stay at, at, at Tottenham even when Kane uh, 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 leaves. That I think it's inevitable. Yeah. To Bayern Munich, yeah. okay? So Conte, being that manager that's making those decisions, I got to respect that. So Conte, ball's real. And Doherty, man, what a player. What a player with Conte. What a player. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, you know, uh, I, I think we can give credit to Conte, uh, but I think the X factor was Harry Kane's diving ability in that win versus Everton. Uh, How many times have you seen Harry Kane do that? Okay. How many times have you seen him do that? He acts so damn well 
um, that there was just a, the faintest bit of contact on him. He went down as if his life depended on it and or he was dying or whatever you want to talk about it. Boom, penalty kick. Uh, they get a little bit of breathing room. But uh, none of that changes the fact that, yes, Conte has a project. Mm-hmm. He is executing on that project as it stands. Uh, I'm going to take the other end of your mm-hmm. bet that Spurs are going to win something this season. I think it might be next season if he stays there. It's it's just it's just whether or not he's a millennial in the sense that uh, he needs a trophy now. Um, I just don't think that they're they're there yet, and they I think they can Google win one. Money. Even they, yeah, they need the yeah. Google money first for Conte to Google win that money. title. The Google money. Yeah. Bro, how much is how the much Google how money. much is reportedly set for the for the naming of the stadium? Is it like uh, one billion in sponsorship? Like link it, up it for, could be like what? It, it, Honestly, it could be. First off, that stadium is immaculate. Absolutely immaculate. <laughs> Cutting edge, like so ridiculously gorgeous. I'm, I'm waiting for my, uh, yeah, I'm waiting for my uh, VIP uh, red red carpet rollout, please. Uh, but it, it is it is one I have to get to. And I, that's coming from somebody that went to White Hart Lane. I actually got to go see a game at White Hart Lane. And that was like a uh, fire trap. Uh, really intimate. Like, I mean, like sitting on your, your neighbor's lap intimate oh, uh but but tottenham stadium is absolutely gorgeous um but when it comes down to it i don't think conti's i think harry kane could leave and they would still have a better shot next season to win a trophy Ooh, a better shot oh man yeah who, who can replace kane lautaro martinez uh, you know the way the way that football moves these days <laughs> <laughs> lukaku give it Give it six months, and we'll have five new uh, transfer targets we've never even heard of before. Ah, uh, that could be the no. case. But strikers, though, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I'm gonna, I, I don't want to embarrass myself. Uh, I, I would have to build a short list. So let's get back to it. Uh, when we, when we prepare for the January transfer window, we, I want one of our topics to be Harry Kane's replacement will be. Mm. And I want to know Lukaku. What are, what are, uh, Lukaku, oh, if Chelsea gosh. doesn't want to keep him, and Inter ain't yeah. happy with his form right now. All, no. Everybody's saying he's overweight. He's not training properly as he was in the past. So why not? Maybe Tottenham yeah. <laughs> <Why laughs> Lukaku. Let's wait and see. But we're mentioning a lot Tottenham, man, and the team that yeah. won two Champions Leagues in London still remains to be Chelsea. Okay, and mm-hmm. Graham Potter ball. Five games, okay, five wins in a row, and they still remain unbeaten. And Mason Mount's been looking amazing with Graham Potter, okay? Four goals and assists in his last three games, man. Great stats and that free kick. Take Cabo. What a beauty from Mason Mount. And again, Mount, just we're going to see this in the World Cup, man. Mason Mount. Phil Foden and Harry Kane, I believe, will be the three best players for England in this World Cup. If it's four, put Peckford uh, there because Peckford always goes bold, man. So yeah. I want to give that shout out to Mason Mount that is looking we're, we're, incredible with Graham Potter. Replace Foden with Bukayo Saka and you've got who I think. <laughs> uh, but but listen, I, I, we got to say it right now. I think we... We both owe Mason Mount a little of, of an apology. Mm. Um, I know all of Twitter does. Uh, Chelsea fans, non-Chelsea fans. I mean, come on. That guy, Mason Mount was getting thrown under the bus. 11 goals, 10 assists last season. And because he had zero and what? Like, no, zero goals, zero assists heading into this week or something. Mm-hmm. Or heading up to this month, whatever it was. 
in the last since our last podcast, he mm. had two assists in a two zero win over Wolves. Mm. He had another assist in the away win over AC Milan, and then he adds himself a goal versus <laughs> Villa. Right? I mean, two goals versus Villa. Right? Yep, two goals. Did I get that wrong? Like, okay, it, it, it's, it's it's looking good. I agree with that about Mason Mount. Yeah. But do you think he starts one hundred percent for England? I mean, under Southgate. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Under Southgate. Under Southgate. Yes. But and, and um, I, I gotta shout this out just so we don't forget. No Reese James. Okay. Eight weeks out. Okay. And in the World Cup, huge miss because no doubt in my mind, Reese James would start for England ahead of Trent, ahead of Walker. He's injured. Okay. And ahead of Trippier. Yeah. Reese James is it's, showing those levels, man. Oh. It's a bad, it's a bad loss. I mean, it's a, it's a very bad loss. I mean, it, it, for England in mm-hmm. particular, definitely for Chelsea. Chelsea should almost be happy that they have the World Cup, uh, <laughs> because it's, it's a month that he can use to recover. Uh, I, I know Reese James threw a tweet out there, uh, basically saying it's not over until it's over. Uh. He's gonna try his best to rehab and get back, but uh, oh, I, I think he, I think he'd be dumb to do that. But then again, it is the World Cup. <laughs> but here's what you lose with England. You lose a little bit of that, that versatility because Kyle Walker could have slotted back into uh, a, a three center back, right? Pairing. He could have slot, he could have been that third center back. So could Reese James, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you're not really going to get that with Trippier that I much. Um, and ben I don't, White, it, though. I don't, Shout out to Ben White. Not Ben White. Yeah, yeah Trent Alexander Arnold, maybe. Who the heck knows Walker what's going to happen? Like, will he get oh that? Will he get? He can get that call up too. Man, it would be leaving him in too bold. But Walker Peters, I think it can happen. Like, I mean, if you're going to throw out those names, you might as well throw out Lamptey. You know? <laughs> but like... Well, but Ghana. I think he did decide Ghana, maybe. Oh, but, did he decide Ghana? But, but yeah, I, right. I could shout out another name, a striker, <laughs> and I want to give a shout out in this pod to him. It's Ivan Tony. Ivan Tony has 10 games, <laughs> 8 goals, and 2 assists, okay? And uh... he's never, never missed. A penalty at Brentford. 20 pens, man. And he wouldn't miss that pen in the World Cup for England as it sees, man. Just and then that. like clockwork, then like clockwork, he gets racially abused. Oh, Freaking keyboard warriors out there. Only big behind uh, keyboards. But let's not talk about that negative because mm. it looks like Yvonne Tony took that in stride. Uh, kind of docks, docks the guy, but ultimately that's what you deserve if well, you're going to be a coward and send stuff like that. Yvonne Tony is doing what he needs to do to keep Brentford and Thomas Frank in the Premier League. Frankly, uh, DeSerbi and Brighton, mm-hmm. um, it looks like we're back to when Brighton would beat everybody on XG, <laughs> but they wouldn't win the game. <laughs> Brighton was essentially the better team, mm-hmm. but they did not put it away, and Yvonne Tony did. And that's the difference between having a really good striker, really informed striker, and having a Danny Welbeck. Sorry. Yeah, or agree. somebody else. You know, so, but uh, Welbeck, man, should it? I saw someone saying Welbeck to go to the World Cup. That is ridiculous to say with all the options you have right now. Tony had a yeah. well back, 100%. Like, that's oh no debate, man. But you mentioned po- I have no idea. <laughs> but positives and negatives, I just want to mention here Man United, okay? Nil-nil uh-huh. game against Newcastle. And the Gea had 500, a uh, dedication of 500 appearances. And Ronaldo with 700 goal scored okay shout out to that but i want to say this man De Gea has to leave man united this season and the replacement is Diogo Costa 
from Porto. 60 million go. release clause, and he's the first <laughs> ever goalkeeper to save a pen, okay, and have an assist in a Champions League match at 23. Those are levels, great levels. And he's got something that Eric Ten Hag needs at Man United, which is he's one of the best keepers with the ball passing distribution, Dio Costa. And that's what Man United need from the back. Something De Gea doesn't have, okay? But shout out to De Gea getting those 500 appearances for Man United. Legend, legend. There you go. Gotta say there that. There you though. go, yeah. Yeah, you, you, you do. And um, wow, has it been a weird, weird first, what, 10 plus games for Manchester United and De Gea. Mm -hmm. uh, but ultimately, I want to go back quickly uh, to Chelsea mm -hmm. um, because Potter um, obviously continues to get results. Todd Bowley, uh, um, <laughs> I, of course, he's still going bold uh, when it comes down to it. Um, I, I don't know. This kind of got buried in the headlines, mm. um, buried in the Kylian Mbappe headlines, which we'll talk about shortly. But he brings in Manchester City and Southampton's former director of recruitment, Joe Shields. Yes. Okay. And Joe Shields will be co-director of their recruitment team. It's another example of, okay, Bowley didn't get exactly who he wanted, right? We all know who he wanted, Salzburg, Leipzig, those guys. Uh, but you're getting a guy that has built quite a um, mm -hmm. a armory of amazing scouting targets that are starting to pan out. Uh, namely, you know, at Southampton, you've got sure. Armel, Boche, uh, Armel Bella Kochap, uh, one of the best young center backs in the league right now for Southampton. He brought him over. He also brought over Adozi and Juan Larios and ooh, a certain Romeo guy named Romeo Lavia from Manchester City, which happens to be where he was previously. So I think Joe Shields is going to do wonders not only with the academy, but he's going to do wonders with um, pulling from those resources that he's got because clearly these guys want to play in a setup where he has some sort of a role. Um, but with Chelsea's persistence... Mm -hmm. I cannot not see Joe Shields uh, going back for a guy like Valentino Livermento, hmm. right? Or a guy like, you know, you're going to see him pull from Southampton. And I think that's going to be one of the first places. You're going to see him pull from Manchester City. All those guys, maybe Carlos Borges, mm. who knows? But all those guys that aren't going to get a shot at Manchester City, Ooh, um, you good. might see them pull him in. Um, but ultimately, Joe Shields is just another example of Todd Bowley finally getting that that director of recruitment that he got. And, and frankly, he's setting up a behemoth um, that should be in place for not just one year. He's taken a long road mm -hmm. as well as giving them the transfer kitty uh, to compete right away. So I, I'm just, I'm just impressed with that. And yeah. Graham Potter and needs brains that next to him too, man, to make those yeah. decisions. Just wait and see who's the sporting director though. Like I, right. I, he's not that he's not the sporting director still. Like so, there's still that big doubt at Chelsea. Do you think you think Luis Kempsch goes and leaves PSG? Like there was rumors well, that 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 could have been the case. Maybe there was some rumors. About I that. I've heard those same rumors uh, in the states, and that would be really really intriguing. Um, although Luis Campos in the Premier League, I don't know. What do you think? Di different same. animal? Nah, nah, nah. Same animal, but Monaco, <laughs> okay. Lille. Now PSG, I think Luis Gumps would make a P a Premier League team win the Premier League. Okay. If it's Chelsea, even if it's Tottenham, he Mourinho wanted him back in the day. I want to say yeah. that. But uh, sticking uh, my last shot with the Premier League, I want to say this, man. Shout out to Alicia Lehman, the best agent of Aston Villa, 
ever locking in Douglas Luiz until 2026 at Aston Villa, okay? And now we understand that deadline controversy of Douglas Luiz not going to Arsenal. All, all yeah. eyes on Aston Villa. And yes, as it seems, yeah. and Alicia Lehman too. <laughs> Yeah, well, listen, I, I don't know if she's Swiss or she's Canadian or whatever, um, and I don't know if they're married, uh, but I do know the saying, soon, soon. happy happy wife, happy life. Um, and, <laughs> and if that's what keeps Douglas Louise uh, in, in, at Villa, in Birmingham, um, then, then good on him. But frankly, I, I don't know, man. I, I really do feel, is it, is it time to say Stevie Gerrard in the mud? Yeah, Villa in I, the mud. I think Stevie G. I think Aston Villa already considering a new manager. Yes. I, well, let's frame that for a second because at the beginning of the season, mm -hmm. who who did we have probably you know eating at first? And it was Frank Lampard, right? Mm -hmm. Frank Lampard at Everton. Um, yep. When it comes down to you know playing legends, and now Stevie Gerrard. La remontada, La remontada of, of Lampard. Uh, no doubt, yeah, man. Like and and yeah. like yeah, and Everton's playing better. It's facts. It's facts. They are. And they are. I think too, like the Diego Carlos injury. I gotta gotta point that out again. I don't think Minx yeah. likes a lot Stevie G. I think there's a bit of a tough tension Rightly. there, and Minx Rightly. won't be going to England as it seems too. Yeah. So, yeah. Epa, it's it's not the best times. It's not the best times in the yeah. era at Aston Villa. But you have you any know, shouts also, in the brim? Yeah, one last shout. Um, it, more so, I want to um, toot my own horn here, <laughs> pat myself on the back, whatever you want to call it. Nottingham, Nottingham Forest. <laughs> they have sacked. They have sacked their lead scout and their head of recruiting. <laughs> uh, no matter how many players you need, never – Never is it right to bring 22, 23 new players into a setup, especially into a Premier League setup. Why? Hmm. It's going to take you three years just to remember all their names first. <laughs> I don't understand it. I don't care how many players Not you Blingard, need. Though. You, could, you could have stopped at 11. I know there was a little creative accounting here, a little creative financing, hmm. but not even force. What the hell were you thinking? Maybe. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. Did I want to be wrong? A hundred percent. But Nottingham Forest looks like absolute trash for the most part right now. And uh, this is probably not where it's going to stop when it comes. And I just, it, it feels like if they took, took a different tactic um, towards building this team, loans would have been a great start. Loans in the league. People that knew the league would have been a great start instead of just signing people left and right. They have great names. Renan Lodi, Loic Bade. They've got phenomenal names. Scarpa hasn't even aren't... come. I know, like, they're not even going to see. Like, it's, it's, they're going to be a championship team by who the hell knows, February. Hey, it's sad. Whatever. It's sad. No, it's – and they're going to go to the championship, and then they might have yeah. a good team for the Prem, as it seems maybe from that theory, man. But it's sad times. But people, put down below in the comments on YouTube who will be hmm. relegated in the Prem, and do you agree with Bretton that they shouldn't have signed as many players as they did? And we're talking here about transfers, and why not lead up to the man that's hating the last transfer window last summer with what he's saying right now, that it is Kylian <laughs> Mbappé, that he's already saying, I might buy myself out <laughs> in January. We have Lee Keep reporting just that. Buying himself Blah. out his contract in January. Mbappe, Blah. man. Like, he's bigger than PSG. He's literally 
Man, the eagle is. Oh my, I can't understand. I, I'm, I'm gonna say it right now. He's bluffing. He's bluffing. He's <laughs> but, not gonna buy himself but, out. But, there, there's too, too many zeros on the end of that. There's no way he's gonna do but it. But I do agree with Thierry that he, I don't know what Mbappe was promised this summer. And a lot of reports are saying he was promised Lewandowski. Bernard Silva and Milan Skriniar and not one not one of those players were signed in the summer and Mbappe ain't happy about that but I, I agree Haaland only plays striker I think Mbappe the same way should only play winger you don't play to Mbappe's strengths at striker and I do understand the discontent but come on that to this level saying you're gonna leave after signing a 300 million contract like, this can't be that fast. The change, I the mean, switch, it can't. Yeah, well, like, doesn't Mbappe have a, a veto? Can't he just fire Gaultier <laughs> if he wants to? I mean, come on. It's, it's, it's not, it's not the, uh, the owners that are essentially making him play the wing. It's very clearly Gaultier. But, so ultimately, I, I don't know who's supposed to play striker. So now what? Mbappe is saying taking one for the team is worth 300 million or 200, whatever it takes to buy himself out of this crap. Ultimately... I think it's a bluff. You, you know what? I, I don't know whether or not they've said it outright. They might have alluded to it, but I feel like some of I feel like somebody has already said. Maybe this is a, a tweet I shouldn't, you know, even be referencing. I have no clue where I saw it, but I feel like they already said that ship has sailed. They don't want him. They don't want Mbappe. Who? Right? Real Madrid. Real Madrid. I think so too. I think Florentino Perez will make a statement with that, and we'll get Haaland instead. There's a possibility of that being the case. I mean, especially if you have to, especially if to give up the future of your club essentially to sign the man. But, but I, I, it, it just. Yeah. But if he buys himself out, man, they might he might be doing a favor for PSG too, man. Because if he's not happy at PSG, like what's right. gonna happen in the next year or two years? Even worse news for PSG fans. Like it doesn't make sense. But regardless of everything, I... Mbappe did become the top goal scorer ever. Okay, in Champions League history yes. for PSG with 31 goals, and he's not going to stop there. But come yep. on, all this discontent. Like, Ikitike is the striker. I understand what you said there with Galtier. He could put Ikitike at striker and have Mbappe at left winger and kept the Kalimwendo on the bench that he's doing really well in Liga. Why didn't that happen? Why didn't that yeah. happen? It's because it's all uh, big names, big flashy names in today's name in today's age with football. They had to get a Kane, a Lewandowski, a Ronaldo, and it doesn't make sense. I like stick with the plan. Stick with the plan, man. But oh, it is. Fun. It's it's hard. It's hard to believe that the picture with ownership, where he was smiling ear to ear after signing this deal, was like four or five months ago, right? And man, a lot has changed since then. Um, and really it comes down to it is that deal that he signed with PSG mm -hmm. is not only an amazing thing for him financially, Facts. but it is also a negative thing for him for any future deals he signs, because there aren't many clubs out there. We can count them. There's like three. two three. out there, three that have the, the, the financial wherewithal um, to be able to sign this man um, and to give him the keys of Madrid, give him the keys of Liverpool, give him the keys of wherever. City. And when it comes down to it, you will be mortgaging. You will be mortgaging your future uh, in order to sign Kylian Mbappe. And guess what? Guess who won the Champions League last season? <laughs> Real Madrid. Exactly. Guess who won La Liga? Real Madrid. I mean, when it comes down to it, League One, League One, mm -hmm. they've signed Messi. 
They've signed Neymar, they've signed Mbappe, and they haven't gotten squat to show for it. <laughs> and you so, said those three, and there's another stat that they don't got squat. I think I said that right. <laughs> and it's yeah. right now in Liga, the top goal scorer is not Neymar, it's not Messi, and it ain't Mbappe. It's Jonathan David with nine goals, one of the most underrated forwards in the world right now. And he became yeah. the all-time leading goal scorer in Lille history in Liga. What a stat from the Canadian man. Canadians are making history in football, as it seems with Jonathan David. He's going to leave, man, next January or next summer. 100%. Uh, I, I, I agree with you. And, and it, it's, it's come on, like, it hasn't just been this season too, right? Last season, as you mentioned, last season he hit for 15 goals True. Uh, in 32 league on games. So um, that's 24 goals in a little over 40 starts in league in the last Ooh. two years, or last one and a half years. And you're right. He's above Neymar. He's above Messi. He's above Mbappe in the goal scoring charts. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? There's a, there's another guy in league on that people really need to start paying attention to mm. that probably will not go to the world cup and we won't see him again, but I guarantee you, Newcastle or somebody will be coming in for this man, and that's Martin Terrier. Okay, Martin Terrier for Stade Rene uh, hit for 21 goals last season, 21 goals last season in Lyon. Okay, three assists, and already this season he's got nine goals, three assists in 14 games, which includes the uh, Europa League. And Stade Rene are already through to the knockout stage of the Europa League, so he's only 25. He can play up out wide, he can play up top. Okay, he's got decent size, like amazing awareness, and he's been ridiculously consistent over the last year and a half. If I'm Newcastle, yeah, bringing in Kylian Mbappe, <laughs> what absolutely wonderful, great. Okay, you're basically, I don't know, you're going to break FFP somehow. Um, <laughs> we'll but when it comes maybe. down to it, yeah, the, the trust you're signing there is probably Martin Terrier, who would make you instantly better and also not mortgage your future. Uh, or mortgage, that. I should say, mortgage the community's future. Uh, because there is no mortgaging Qatar, uh, not Qatar. They they own PSG. Um, <laughs> but the Saudi, the Saudis, the Saudis. But um, so you're, you're mentioning great signings, and I completely agree. People respect Martin Terrier, underrated player, and I'm gonna say an underrated team this season playing is PSV. Man, game after yeah. game, they are balling <laughs> out, and Xavi Simmons the, became yeah. the first teenager to have double digits. Goal involvements in the top seven leagues, man. Insane at 19. And the right decision to leave PSG. Please don't go back to PSG and keep on improving, Xavi Simmons. And I got to say, too, Cody Gakpo has 25 goal involvements this season, okay? And he doesn't play striker. He plays winger next to the striker. So it's just insane. Whoever gets him, I think it's going to be a Premier League club, and they will get a player that loves to bang in mad goals, okay? Great goal involvement. And it's not just goals, it's assists too. Because, yes, 25 goal involvements. Insane. Bobby, and and you're you're missing one part of that triumvirate who never really gets talked about. Sangare. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, Sangare, sure, but I mean, an attacking triumvirate. Ah, uh, teal. You've got you've got Xavi Simmons, you've got Cody Gakpo, but Joey Veerman, ah, twenty three years old, great. goals, assists, shows up on stats, also does a lot that does not show up on stats. He could wind up in the Premier League with Brighton. He could wind up in the Premier League with you know one of the upper 
you know, middle of the table type of teams. Uh, but like PSV Eindhoven has probably the most high octane U23 trio mm-hmm. on the planet, on the planet right now. Back. And Shabby Simmons, do not take uh, lightly, just because he's in the ear division, do not take lightly what he's doing there. No, no, no. This is, this was not guaranteed. This was never guaranteed. Was he good in the UEFA Youth League? Sure. sure. Was he good in limited appearances for PSG? Sure. Was there any guarantee that he would go to PSV Eindhoven and do anything? No, there was no guarantee. Him going over there and being the second fastest in Eredivisie history as a teenager to get to 10 goals in a season? That's ridiculous. Insane, man, by Chavi Simmons. What? Just getting started, man. Just shows that he's got a bit of Spanish in him and a bit of Dutch, man. Elite mix. Elite mix, man. I I have to ask you. (laughs) Yes. I have to ask you before we move on from him. And I'm just, I think it it might be too soon, but I just got to ask the question. Mm. At what point, if you're bringing Cody Gakpo along, mm-hmm. obviously, and he's got a big role to play for the Netherlands in the World Cup, yes, would it would it make sense with the extra three slots to bring a guy that has built a phenomenal rapport with Cody Gakpo, who is young, who probably won't play many minutes, if any minutes at all? Would it make sense to bring Xavi Simmons uh, with the Dutch to the World Cup? It makes total sense, man. It's fucked that he should be. Going to the yeah. World Cup. If he's the, one of the best players in Eredivisie, which is the national league in the Netherlands, man. Oh, my days, man. In my opinion, he should be. It's, he's he's the Great. future of the Netherlands. And they need key players for the future to be playing next to Frankie. They leaked all those amazing talented players. Gravenberch and Javi Simmons. They must be like, I remember playing against you in the youth times, man. One at Ajax. <laughs> And the other at Barca too, man. But I mentioned Fast yeah. And again, we mentioned Cody Gakpo, Xavi Simmons, and Sangare too, pa. What a player he is. Elite CDM. I wanted him at Benfica. I'm happy Florentine Luis is there. Extended now until 2027. But Sangare ain't bad at all. And I expect a move soon. But Ruth Van Roy, amazing manager too at PSV. It all worked yeah. out in the end. <laughs> the the funny out. thing is, is that ear de Vizie, that top of the ear de Vizie is still very close. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if PSV Eindhoven scores six goals a game. Mm-hmm. They still got to win the ones that matter. And they did slip up. And it's Ajax. It's a- uh, Azed Alkmaar. It's Ooh. Feyenoord. And it's, um, who's the other one? Oh, and PSV Eindhoven <laughs> uh, at the top. So it's still very much a rat race, but... This is the one we want to really talk about because it is like there's a rapport that mm-hmm. has been built, and Rude Van Nesselrooy is definitely a big reason uh, why it has happened so quickly. Not surprisingly, one of the most ruthless strikers ever to play, right, mm. in the last 20, 30 years. But, uh, Rude but, Van Nesselrooy um, somehow is able to build a high, high octane offense. Great. Okay. Yep, it makes sense. Great manager, man, at PSV. Trusting the youth too, man. And I did mention a stat from a teenager, breakout stat, and I'm going to mention another one, okay? Switching leagues, going to Dortmund now, okay? Jude Bellingham became the first teenager in Champions League history to score in four consecutive matches. Elite levels from Jude Bellingham, and his stock from 25 million now to 150 is completely understandable. Great job from Dortmund there. But what's Huge. happening with Dortmund? Elite ball playing ability, elite ball playing in the Champions League, but in the Bundesliga, what's that? But shout out to uh, Union Berlin, man. Top of the Bundesliga uh, yeah. for a reason. Sheraldo Becker, 
Jordan P. Falk, and Joe mm. Whiteman. Well, I just shout yep. out to those three players. That two nil win, man, huge win. And uh, and there, there's a good chance Jordan P. Fox somehow does not make the U.S. men's national team roster. How? Go figure. How? Uh, but no, Greg uh, Bellhalter. Uh, how? How does he get away with that? How? <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Bellhalter has uh, has his pets, has his players. Um, you're gonna see Ricardo Pepe there before you see uh, Jordan P. Fox. I, I, I honestly, Pepe. Yeah. Well, Who are the other? And ones? I honestly. I honestly, uh, Josh Sargent. Okay. And Jesus Ferreira. Uh, Jesus Ferreira. Okay. So, 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 so there's an argument to be made, but who's doing it at the highest level? Mm. Jordan Peefock. But Pepe, I'd call he, him. I'd call Pepe. I like Pepe. Yeah, I, I would. I mean, now that he's he's scoring goals for Gronin, Groningen, I, I think I said Groningen, that right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it, it, that that is a good that is a good sign. Josh Sargent is joint joint leading scorer in uh, the English championship. <laughs> Frankly, I think that there's room to bring all four mm. and you don't, you don't bring a guy like Jordan Morris, who's a MLS, you know, Ish. legend, if you will. Uh, you don't bring a guy like Paul Areola, who is an MLS legend, if you will. Those are the two pets, Greg Berhalter pets, great players, but players not great beyond MLS. Uh, they do have a certain, they do have a certain awareness. They do have a certain kind of tenacity and determination, but Josh Sargent does too. Jesus Ferreira, you bring all four of those strikers and you give yourself a bevy of options. But I didn't mean to get into that conversation. Union Berlin, what I meant to say is 100% facts. Mm -hmm. Union Berlin deserves more credit for what they're doing Mm -hmm. on the budget that they're doing it, on how incrementally better they've gotten Mm -hmm. every season in the Bundesliga. Uh, And even if they fall short of somehow winning the Bundesliga, which would have been outside of their wildest dreams (laughs) heading into the season – if they somehow get Champions League football next season, Amazing. my goodness, Amazing. my goodness, with what they've got on their roster, you look at that roster and you go, I don't know 95% of these people. <laughs> and they are still getting stuff done. And then there's Dortmund, and they can't even fire properly without Ayemi. They can't fire properly. Royce is injured. They've got Jude Bellingham running the show, and he's 19 years old. Fox. You know? Fox. Uh, he's phenomenal. But, like, <laughs> You got a nineteen-year-old. You got a nineteen-year-old captain. You're either you're either like entering into the annals of history, or something's wrong with your team because you need to be building around kind of a more veteran core. I don't understand Dortmund. Dortmund pisses me off to no end. I have no better way to say it. Uh, they should be so much better than they are, and I, they're not. I like how you're saying about this about Dortmund because I do agree, and I think the manager decision didn't help too, man. And you yeah. said the team that irritates you and i have a team that irritates me a lot too but i have a positive to say on it that it was juventus juventus okay did win that game this weekend against torino away from Mm -hmm. home and it's because dusan of dusan vlahovic i don't know how Mm -hmm. dusan vlahovic has seven goals and assists in uh, nine games playing under allegri how is this yeah. man scoring these goals, playing under the system? And this is so sad, in my opinion, with this Juventus team. That is, Juve has 13 goals scored in Serie A, and six oh. of those goals were scored by Dusan Vlahovic. So it's Vlahovic or bust, as it seems with the goals at Juve. They need more yeah. options and better. I, but getting Gundogan for 30, that wouldn't be the mm. right deal to do. That wouldn't be mm. the right deal to do. I saw that briefly, man. Trust me, Reti. Trust me, Reti. Golden Boy nominee for a reason, man. 
Come Golden on. Golden Boy nominee. And you know what? I got a really easy one that you could get done. Mm. I don't know. I doubt Allegri will go for it. Mm. Christian Pulisic <laughs> needs to leave Chelsea. The man, McKinney. Christian Pulisic, scores a goal versus Wolves, and then he gets rewarded with 180 minutes on the bench by Graham <laughs> Potter. And I, I don't think it's just Graham Potter's fault. It's very clear Thomas Tuchel. It's very clear Graham Potter. Uh, both don't see what they need to see in Christian Pulisic to give him a spot in the 11. Mm. So ultimately, Christian Pulisic better go into this World Cup with the world's largest chip on his shoulder. Fox. He better play his ass off to the point that he gets a move and he needs to leave. I don't care if Graham Potter sweet talks him to say we need depth and whatever. <laughs> he needs to leave in January. Christian Pulisic, I understand, is not the world's best player. Mm -hmm. But when it comes down to it, he is an icon uh, in, in you know American footballing history. Mm -hmm. And he is somebody that at 23, almost 24, he might have just turned 24. He needs to move and he needs to play every day. He deserves to play every day. Fuck. Um, Fuck. Needs to leave Chelsea. And Juventus... Needs options, as you just mentioned. AC Milan needs depth. Mm -hmm. um, those are two great destinations for him. And, Get it done, please. And, and if Juventus in January had like Vlahovic in front and behind Vlahovic, Chiesa, Pulisic, and Di Maria, okay. that ain't a bad trio mm. behind Vlahovic at all, at all, at all, in my no. opinion. Okay, no. And they could no. do proper damage. And they're they competing could. against AC Milan with Rafa Leão. And Napoli with Kvisha Kvaratskhelia, okay? Juventus needs much Ooh. more than what they have. But I, my last shouts here uh, in the in the pod, I want I mentioned the Golden Boy talk with Miretti, and there's a sure. lot more in the Golden Boy I want to say. Players like Benjamin Sesko, players like Scalvini, okay, and Zaleski. Mm -hmm. Three underrated wonder kids, in my opinion, considering how good they are. Please, community, remember these names. And shout out to three Portuguese players getting nominated. Antonio Silva, yeah. completely deserved. Fabio Carvalho and Nuno Mench. Three Portuguese players nominated for the Golden Boy, which makes total sense. <laughs> for that sense, it makes just, total get, sense. just get Antonio Silva for that. Fogo. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there's, there's like... Listen, the Golden Boy shortlist has its flaws. I don't want to go into it. I think it's it's not even worth it because let's be honest, 17 of them, 18 of them are what you call honorable mentions uh, for honorable mentioned reasons. We all know that this comes oh, down no, to no, 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 whether, no. whether or not they want to give Pedri uh, a second Golden no. Boy, right? Since he Jude. won in 2021. Or if it's between Jude or Musiala, exactly. right? And, well, and I think... I think uh, but Kamavinga uh, I mean, won a champion. Yeah, that tremendous. And, and that's and that and that is the thing you have to you have to think about here, right? Jude Bellingham has won nothing, uh, but he's in there because of his Individual. outsized importance to Dortmund. Mm -hmm. Musiala won the Bundesliga. Uh, Pedri won People's nothing, <laughs> but his but his importance not only to uh, Barcelona. Uh, also to the Spanish national team. I think Bellingham's going to win. Um, I think Jude Bellingham's going to win the Golden Boy. Pedri won it right. last season. Jamal Musiala yeah. should win it, in my opinion. But yeah. I think Jude Bellingham is going to win it. And shout out to uh, Kamavinga, man. Amazing run in the Champions League. But I think yeah. Jude Bellingham's going to edge it. Four consecutive yeah. goals in the Champions League. Youngest ever to do that. But I just, yeah. yeah. I think, and I, and if, if you want an argument here, you're not going to get an argument. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Uh, Gavi. But, uh, Where's Gavi? When you're younger, uh, where I agree. Is, 
but yeah, and Gvardiol, he'll be here next year. Shout out to Gvardiol being in the mix of all this too. <laughs> Leipzig, <laughs> man. True. Leipzig is another team that, man, in the Bundesliga, I thought they were going to have themselves a season. Ay, ay, ay. Bayern's still in this thing, and they've got, what, four wins, one loss, four draws? Um, <laughs> Bayern are still goodness. in it with Union Berlin is, <laughs> is leading the Bundesliga. Man. Like, oh and you got goodness. Arsenal at the top of the Premier League. I mean, this is fun. <laughs> I'll take this. Um, but no, I, the Golden Boy is the, the Golden Boy is nothing when it comes down to it. But oh. I think it's a great, it's a great, I love it's it. a great shout out for a lot of these guys. And you know what? Maybe we can do who we think is going to be the final 20 for next season with guys that people haven't even heard of like uh, this season. Because let's be honest, six months ago, aside from you, mm-hmm. aside from me too, because you wait for youth league, uh, nobody knew who the hell Antonio Silva was aside from you. Right. But the people that were probably scouting this, uh, the people that were, were voting on this, um, there's no way in hell he was going to have a vote at that point. <laughs> except maybe for the UEFA Youth League final win. Uh, so it, it is amazing how quickly things change, things change in football uh, in six months. Scalvini, too. Scalvini is another guy, right? Willie Nanto, uh, the only reason he's on there is clearly not because of his club ball. He was pretty good for Zurich mm. before he moved to Leeds. He's barely played, oh, yeah, but it's because know, he's, yeah. playing for, he's playing for in Italy, right? He's, play, he's playing for Italy at mm. his age, um, but they didn't qualify for the World Cup. So anyway, my last shout out for you is not a wonder kid. Uh, I I do have to bring it up. I don't know why I'm talking about so many U.S. men's (laughs) national team players, but it's getting so close to the World Cup. I almost have to. Um, It was so, so pleasing to see Timothy Weah step onto the field for Lille, step on the field for, you know, Canadian brother, Jonathan David as well. Mm -hmm. um, And to assist not just once, but twice in four minutes and show that he can be a difference maker, uh, not just for Lille. If we extrapolate out, we need mm-hmm. Timothy Weah as an X-Factor. We need Gio Reyna as an X-Factor if we're going to do anything in Qatar. If we're going to do anything Fuck. in Qatar. So, Against um, England, Wales, and Iran. <laughs> you need him. I, I you really, need him. Like, I really believe you guys have a chance, man. I don't know. Ooh. It's just the tingling feeling. Tingling feeling that... Or the U.S. or Iran are going to surprise the heck out of Wales and out of England. Like, England, yeah. if they start Maguire, I'm calling him, man. Bale's going to go hella bold and pull his itch, too. <laughs> on top of Maguire. <laughs> well, right now, you ready for this? Gareth Bale and LAFC are the co-favorites. They're probably the favorite. They just mm. won the supporter shield. But they are the favorites uh, alongside the Philadelphia Union. Um, to hoist MLS Cup, and that would be amazing. Philadelphia Union versus Gareth Bale and LAFC uh, when all comes comes down to it. But Gareth Bale has done literally nothing mm-hmm. since joining Major League Soccer. But he'll so, do something in the World Cup. He always does it Of course he will. Wales, and he'll probably golf, do it against the USA. LAFC. <laughs> yeah. Right now. Golf, may, not, maybe, uh, maybe LAFC's ahead of golf this time. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Gareth Bale, Gareth Bale needs himself in uh, Alicia Lehman. Nah. That's what he needs. Ay, ay, ay. But people, well, that... love your Golden Boy nominee comment, fan. Uh, we, I want to know personally who do you think is going to win the Golden Boy. And if you're here listening to these banters of Bale, man, please, community, <laughs> like the podcast. We want to have more likes in the pod so we know... You're enjoying the content we're producing, man. We want to know if you're enjoying it. 
And if you're listening until now, it's really appreciated. <laughs> if you hey, just like hey. <laughs> two two weeks? What? Two and a half weeks until I'm in Portugal? Yes, man. And that podcast, man, is gonna be one of the boldest ever. Definitely. Leading up to It'll a World Cup, but community. Yeah. Thank you for listening until now to episode 77. Don't forget to comment on YouTube. On YouTube. Your topic that you should, wanted to have seen and tell us more topics for the next podcast. Again, thank you, community, for listening until now. And thank you for going bold listening to this podcast. <laughs>